Ready? Yeah, always. Rolling B tape. Do you like an introduction, like music? Oh yeah. Introduction. Wow. Well, you've heard it before. Yeah, but I feel like I just I watched Fia's. I or I heard Fia's. Yes. I think Peyton said she was gonna come on with with Gabe. Yes. Yeah. For OCC. Welcome to episode number 79 of The Student Manager. It's Fonger News, and I'm so happy we have Kaya Pronger and Zoe Palmquest. What's up, girls? Hi. Hi. Class of 20, Kaya, Modern Day High School, Zoe, Newport Harbor, and they are about to go back for their sophomore year at The Ohio State. You guys fired up because last year, you didn't even know what you were missing, right? Exactly. I mean, I think we're both beyond fired up. It was such a great year, and it was supposedly half-closed with COVID, so I think that we only have good things to look forward to. Yes, I think the exact same. Yeah. And, and this is not the first time we've had Buckeyes on this podcast. We've had Jake Bass, Blake Lutus, but they were episode number 20 and episode number 43, and now we're all the way up to 79. So we're spacing it out and we're getting the female version of <laughs> the Ohio State. So I'm going to start with you, Zoe. Why Ohio State? So I actually kind of have a different story than most people do. I originally thought I was going to play lacrosse in college. So that's what drew me to Ohio State at first. I was going through the whole recruiting process, flew out to Columbus a few different times, did the whole tour the lacrosse camps and everything, and absolutely fell in love with the campus. And I knew it was the place I wanted to be, but I found out that social life was, was gonna be more thing, my thing and focusing on my academics. And so I decided that college sports were not my correct path, but I still knew that Ohio State was my dream school. I'd fallen in love with Columbus and the campus already. And I also think the school spirit drew me there, which I experienced through the athletics that I had toured and once I got in, it was a set in stone. When you were visiting the Ohio State, going to the camps, did you ever go to like a football game or, or what type of spirit did you experience? I think that the most spirit that I experienced was two things. First of all, the girls just talking about how much they loved their school and how excited they were to see their teammates play and how they just absolutely would love the school until they died. And then on top of that, when you're walking around the campus and you're wearing an Ohio State shirt, which happens both as a student and a visitor, you have people just looking at you yelling like, oh, and if you don't yell IO back, like they give you the weirdest look ever. <laughs> and so I think that the minute you step into Columbus in the airport, anywhere around the town, it's very evident that the Buckeye spirit runs deep. Kaya, was the Ohio State your number one choice, the road? Because I remember this whole process how it started. Uh, I mean, we got to give props to Murph Cargis. Your mom and dad introduced me to him to start my podcast. And here we are, 79 episodes into it. And we were talking about college two years ago, but you didn't even know where you wanted to go. Yeah, for kind of like the longest time, my top school was University of Washington. I visited like three times and I, was, I wasn't set on going there, but I did think that that's where I would end up. But I got in and I toured and I just something I don't know I just felt like this wasn't like the right school and I think one of our friends like the O'Briens they were talking and they knew I wanted a city but still like a big campus and football and like the whole like traditional college experience kind of and they said well have you looked at Ohio State and I was like no I haven't and so I applied and just kind of in my head 
that became like my top. I didn't get to visit because of COVID. I was planning on visiting in April, I think, and then I couldn't, but it was still like in my head. Like, I think this is where I'm going to end up. And so I did a bunch of virtual tours. I talked to a bunch of people through text, like because Mr. O'Brien gave me like a bunch of girls' numbers. Mm -hmm. And so I was texting them and I feel like everyone has only good things to say. Like, I don't think I've ever talked to someone who didn't like going there. Like, everyone loves it, and they have such, like, a deep Ohio State passion that I just loved. So that's kind of what drew me to it. And then I got in, and it was kind of just, like, I was debating between a couple schools, but it was just still, like, basically, I was going to end up here. Like, I kind of knew it, but I also was just a little wary with some, like, my parents and stuff. But then I just was like, no, this is where I'm going. Like, I want to go here. I know I'm going to love it, and I do. So I'm very happy I picked it. And we have two different experiences, and that's why it's so great to have Zoe and yourself, Kaya, on, because both in different sororities, uh, both unique different experiences coming from different high schools in Columbus. But, I mean, last year, in every guest we've had on for the, like, the last nine months, right, COVID obviously hit. And your class, I always say, is special because at the end of the day, you all had great experiences and people are like, oh, I feel so sorry for them. But every time I've seen you and you, <laughs> Julie and conversations, you love it there. I mean, do you feel you missed out on anything besides, well, I'll let you explain. I mean, obviously you hear the stories from the upperclassmen like, oh my gosh, you should have seen it before COVID. You should have seen this. You should have seen that. But Every single person's college experience is going to be unique, and I think that COVID just made ours that much more unique. I'm sure Kaya can contest this as well. We still had fun, and at the end of the day, that's all that matters. We still met so many people, and I think that I'm just super grateful for what we did get and that we still just had our own unique college experience. Kaya, last year, if there's one or two things that just stick out in your mind that said, this is Ohio State, this is my freshman year, I will always remember it, what would it be? I think it was, even though it was like first game day, even though it wasn't really game day, I would say that is when I realized like, <laughs> wow. Like just walking outside was just insane. Like there was people all over, all in Ohio State gear, and it was just like so crazy to see that like this is what like draws so many people to this school and just seeing it was just like, oh my God, this is so amazing. This is so cool. And you couldn't even go into the stadium that first game, right? No, yeah. We like I don't think anyone was in the stadium. No, Big Ten didn't allow Oh any. yeah, that's right. Yes. So yeah, even with that, and I remember I was like talking to my roommates a bunch too. And one of them was a sophomore and she's like, if you're having fun now, just wait. Like just wait until next year. Just wait until COVID is over. And it's going to be, like, ten times more fun. I was like, how? Like, I feel like I'm having, like, the best time already. Like, what? And your take of it. Like, something you'll always remember. Uh, this seems kind of crazy, but I'm actually going to have to agree with Kaya. I remember my roommate's actually from Cleveland, Ohio, and she had always told me, you're not ready for your first game day. Like, Ohio State game days are super legendary. And it did not disappoint. I woke up, I think, at 5.30 a.m. for the first game day. <laughs> there was already people outside marching around campus and decked out Ohio State gear with megaphones, just yelling, OH, and waiting for responses. And there definitely were responses out the window. So I think that's just my most memorable experience from freshman year, for sure. Labor Day weekend's coming up. I mean, can you just even imagine, I believe, oh. you guys are playing Minnesota yes. on September 2nd. So... Student tickets? Have you guys gotten student tickets already? 
Yes. Yes. <laughs> and it's have you? What's the pregame? Have you guys even started talking about that? Because that's only three weeks away. We're three weeks away from game day. Two years wow. since actually stadiums are going to be full. And you, by the way, the rankings just came out. Not that it's not a big surprise, but it's Alabama, Oklahoma, Ohio State, and Clemson. I mean, those are the top four teams. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I think the game's on a Thursday. Yes. yes. I didn't know that until like a couple days ago. Um, I think it's the same weekend as Breakaway, maybe. Or no? Oh, maybe it is the same, yeah, same weekend. It is the same weekend. So why don't we explain to our audience what's Breakaway? Breakaways is the first game, September 3rd and 4th, I have to ask. Is that uh, yes, September yes. 3rd's a Friday. Mm-hmm. September 4th, most games are going to be on Saturday the 4th. But how Labor Day weekend works out, that's the first weekend yes. of college football. So there's games Thursday. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Yes. So actually, there's a really big music festival in Columbus called Breakaway, and that is September 3rd and 4th. So I believe that we have a football game Thursday and then a music festival Friday and Saturday, which uh, the music festival is some of the kids that are not headliners, obviously, but on like the side stages are actually kids that are in fraternities and sororities at Ohio State. And then I think it's like, Griffin is going and like a few other mostly like EDM artists are going. And so it's definitely a crazy weekend. By the way, those people that are listening that don't know what EDM is, stands for, (laughs) come on, Kaya. Electronic dance music. There you go. (laughs) So what is your major? I'm in psychology right now, but I'm planning like on switching to business. And Kelly School of Business, right? Did I get that right? Fisher. Oh, Fisher. Yes. Okay. See, I thought I knew my stuff. (laughs) What's your major? I just actually changed my major from biology to economics. All right. So those people that are listening, because you just said you just changed and you're going to change. So should students and parents stress out as their seniors about to enroll their freshman year, having a major? I mean, what's your take on that? Um, I would say definitely not. Almost every single person I know has either changed their major or wants to change their major in college. And I almost think it's easier to decide what you really want to do in college and find your path. There's so many counselors, I mean, at least that we have at our school that are like helping you and willing to say, hey, this course might help you figure out if you really like this class. This is a weed out course. Help you see if you like this major. And I think that that was almost more helpful for me in finding my niche within majors than trying to decide in high school, this is what I'm going to do. It's set in stone. I need to do this for the rest of my life. I mean, you're 17 years old coming out of high school. You don't know what you really want to do yet. Yeah. Yeah, Right? Exactly. I mean, so what's making you wanting to switch, Kaya? Um, I kind of went in psychology thinking it was what I wanted to do, but I don't really see myself doing something with it long term. I really love the class that I took, the psychology class. I think it's really interesting. I just think business is a little bit more broad for me. Because I am not exactly sure what I want to do yet. And I think that would just help me like switching to business and just kind of have an idea. Um, But I did still really, really like psychology. But I really don't think you have to stress about your major either. Like it's so, so common to change it as well. Like I think everyone I know has changed their major. Like or almost everyone I know. Um, But yeah, so that's kind of what I want, why I wanted to change And it's not like it's super binding either. Like Kaya's major was psychology, but first semester, me and Kaya were in the same psych class and I was a biology (laughs) major. So it's not like you're only taking courses that you're going to have to extend another year after you change your major. Right. 
And last year, so your whole freshman year was online, typically when I had my other guest on. And I think, you correct me if I'm wrong, because I know Jake and Blake, when they were going and they came on this podcast, they said, Fonger, like our lecture halls, 500, 600 people. And there's like two levels. <laughs> so you guys were online. You didn't really get that experience of like the student to faculty ratio or people being in your class except on Zoom, correct? I actually had in-person classes both semesters, but only some. Okay. The lecture halls, I remember the first day, I don't know if you remember this, Kaya, first day, first semester, the lectures were so big that when all the kids tried to join like the lecture Zoom, it was too full and they couldn't have any more kids on it <laughs> because there were so many like students at the school and right. so many kids enrolled in one course. So like they had to split up the lectures between different people because you can't fit that many kids in one Zoom call, which is crazy. But smaller scale classes, they did have in person and labs. Did you, how many classes did you have in person? I didn't have any classes in person. I was fully online. And what was the makeup load? Because I, I hear, especially your freshman year, big university, there's like 60,000 students on campus. Now you probably didn't realize that, maybe except when game day happened and you saw these people <laughs> yeah. in red and white. But did you have four or five classes, five to six classes your freshman year? I had four each semester, I'm pretty sure. Now, did you feel that was a good size to yeah. manage? Yeah, I think that was like the perfect amount of work too that I, like for me. Um, I know people do more, but I think my counselor just said like, just stick to four right now because you don't want to overwork yourself or get too stressed out. And I was like, okay, that's perfect. Too stressed out, you were online. If a class started at nine, you're waking up at 8.55, rolling out of bed. True. <laughs> how, how are you, you going to adapt to that this year? You have to actually walk to class. I mean, I actually, second semester, had two classes in person, and one of them was my 8 a.m. chemistry lab. And second oh. semester, it was snowing. So I was walking as they were plowing the pathways on campus for kids to walk. And so some of them, I was like, all right, just got to keep walking. Like, I'm not <laughs> Did even you sure walk behind I'm, it or in front of it? <laughs> I wasn't even sure if I was on the path at certain <laughs> points. But I think that that definitely helped me adapt a little bit because when I had to get up out of bed three days a week early in the morning, it, it definitely, <laughs> I mean, it definitely changed things. I'm not going to get out of bed, go to my class, and then come back and get back in bed. If I'm up, I'm up. I'm going to go to Thompson or go hang out at one of the different places on campus, maybe the Union. And so I think that helped me adapt. But this year, it's just going to be a lot, like helping your, helping hold yourself accountable. I know a lot of girls in my sorority, we tried to schedule our classes at the same time that are in person on campus. And we all have to, we're all living together. So we all have to get up at the same time and walk together, which should hopefully help. But Let's talk about that because I'm about to go into, you talked about Thompson. Thompson's the library. Yes. Right? So... I, experiencing the library are the oval, the oval's the green, all the grass, right? So let's paint that picture for people that are listening, walking from, the, did you walk, live on North Campus or South Campus? South, but. I lived on North. Okay, yeah. so this is great. It's a whole <laughs> unique different experience. Where should we start? Because if we walk, if, if, if someone's visiting campus, and obviously Kaya, you, you didn't get the campus tour, but I'm a student, I'm a parent, I want the tour of Ohio State. Where am I gonna start, South or North? I would say south. Yeah, I would say I would agree with that south because the epicenter of campus is pretty much on north where you like all of the main things are. So you do a quick tour of south and then you would walk through. So um, let's west let's campus. go on the quick tour of south. Where 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 are we starting? 
Um, honestly, there's this quad between all of the dorms. So there's like towers and then the two new dorms and, or not the towers, but it's like Morrison Tower, which is a shorter one. And there's like a big green area in between all of them. And during the summer, it's crazy. There's games of spike ball, football, volleyball, all being played in there. And so I think you just start there and say, hey, here's the dorms. You walk and you actually have a south oval. So it's a mini oval um, right before the actual oval where the student union is. You take them through the student union there and you see High Street. And by the way, High Street's where all the restaurant bars are. Yes, <laughs> High Street we'll, is we'll the main street. Okay. Um, and they can kind of peek at High Street through the student union. And then I think you would walk through there to, or through the south oval to the actual oval, which is just right across from it. And on the oval, we have on the right, I believe it's like the theater and performing arts school. And then if you look to your left, you have this huge building, which is Thompson Library. And you see the statue in the front, who is it, William Oxley statue maybe in front of it? Yeah, I think I so. I think so. And when you, you just, if you walk right through the library, through the front doors, and they get to see the tower of the library, all of the floors, but you keep walking straight through, and we have our RPAC, which is our like student center. Mm -hmm. And I think from there you can walk to, or not, I think, from there you can walk through there to North Campus, which is where I'll let you take over. I'm leaving you off at this West Campus great. at the towers. <laughs> I feel like I'm getting the tour. <laughs> yeah, so for North, where I was, I was like right on the corner of High Street. So I think I would, there a lot like through there, there's the RPAC, which is mm -hmm. not the RPAC, the like North Rec Center. And that's a lot smaller. Jesse Owens North. Yeah. yeah. Jesse Owens North. Like that, and that's where I would go to work out because it was like right next to my dorm. So it was a lot closer. And then if you walk straight out from there, there's Scott, which is like a dining hall. And then there's also, why am I blanking? The market. Or yes. What's it called? Um, curl. There's curl a market, curl marketplace yeah. okay. too. And it's also like pretty open as well. So you have... Like to, there's like pathways to curl and there's like chairs and a lot of people will be outside if it was super nice out too. And again, there's like spike ball, volleyball being played. <laughs> um, it's very open. And a like lot of people outdoorsy. eat at Curl Market actually. Sorry, I'm butting in here. Curl Market has like, it's obviously you can eat there. They have like three outdoor stations. It's like a Philly cheesesteak station, a pizza station, and then something else. So a lot of kids actually will go and like eat outside there, which is like adds to the like little open feeling that Kai was just describing. And then oh, on Fridays there's like a a pierogi truck that is yeah. so good. <laughs> food and truck two point yes, yes, the food truck. And I think there's taco trucks on Tuesdays. I yes. think. And um, th so the, everyone is all just outside. There's skateboarding happening, like kind of all around. It's kind of hard to like not get hit, even when it's snowing. Yeah, you yeah. yeah, you went well, snowing, I, raining. And I was gonna ask that because I know when you go back in August and September, it is hot and humid. Yes, yes. And then around January, it changes. So this is happening all year round. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely think it's a different vibe. You're not gonna see people playing spike ball in the snow, but. I remember, oh, I think this might also be another really memorable freshman experience for the both of us. The first snow snowball day. Snowball fight. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she knows exactly what I'm talking about. See? It was like 1 or 2 a.m. And it just started dumping snow out of nowhere. Like it, there was a few, there had been a few flurries throughout the week, but it started snowing out of nowhere. And all of the kids on campus go bananas. And I mean, there is not one person in their dorm room still that is hiding from this snow. You were put in this like Ohio State Snapchat group story that somehow someone, <laughs> everyone got added to. 
and kids were just adding pictures of them saying like North Campus versus South Campus snowball fight meet in the oval. And there is probably like 10,000 so kids people. in the oval just running at each other, throwing snowballs. They were sledding with like these big dumpsters that they found on campus. And they Isn't actually got the like a police. Trash cans Yeah, too? trash cans. Yeah. And they got in the like trays from the dining halls were like everywhere because they obviously weren't like plowing the pathways. And they got like a police officer to hop in one of the moving carts and go <laughs> sledding with them. But that was like crazy. I remember like super late at night or I guess early in the morning at that point and not one kid was in their dorm room and everyone was outside going crazy. And I think that was one of the biggest senses of normalcy that we had at Ohio State where everyone mm-hmm. was coming together and doing something huge as a community. But it wasn't something that was scheduled or that was planned out. It was just spontaneous. Yes, exactly. I think there was like so many TikToks too. Like I yes. remember I saw one on my TikTok and it just like I'm went going. viral too. <laughs> it was all over. It was on Barstool. I remember the next morning I wake up and I look on Twitter. First thing I see is Barstool Sports and it's like Ohio State going crazy. <laughs> and it was these like the huge dumpsters where you yeah. put all your trash in. And those kids somehow rolled it out to the oval and were just going down. And I was like, I don't even know how they did that. Yeah, I don't. This is what students, prospective students and parents, they they get the real live, raw experience and stories. I mean, we're we're, we're there obviously for an education. Ohio State, probably one of the biggest alumni networks out there. I'm going to put you all on the spot. Do you know how many alumni currently from Ohio State there are nationwide? Or just worldwide? Oh, um, no. They tell us this when we enroll for yeah. <laughs> Handshake, but I don't remember. I know that we can see it on our I thing. think I went to something. It was like an Ohio State OC thing on Thursday night. And they said in the like Orange County, there's 5,000. And then LA, there's 10,000. That's all. I, I don't know worldwide. Want to give it a shot, Zoe? It's a big number. Yeah. Well, it's I, a six-digit number. Oh, wow. I would think I'm going to go out and say... Four point five million. Is that six that digits? Just sound, what school did you go to? <laughs> oh wait, no, I meant four hundred and fifty thousand. <laughs> okay, now you gain a little bit more credibility back. Five hundred thousand. Holy! Yeah, that's five hundred thousand alumni. One of the biggest alumni networks out there. So, it, yes, you're having a four year experience, but it's after you graduate into yeah. the networking, right? Let's get into even how you got to Ohio State. Because Zoe, I've had many conversations with you. You could have gone anywhere. I mean, you had, let's talk about your coming out of Newport Harbor. What was your unweighted GPA? I want to say it was a 3.33. And how many, do you remember what you got on the ACT or SAT? I got a 30 on the ACT. Did you even take the SAT? No. How many times did you take the ACT? Twice. Were you just two and out? Like you did not want to take anymore? Yeah. So the first time I went, I didn't study. I went in completely blind. Had never even seen an ACT before. From there, I got a pretty good score. And so I think like the next month I took it and I was content with my score because I knew where I wanted to go and I knew that it could get me there. And so I said, that's it. I'm happy with it. Did moms and pops push you to try and take it additional times? No, they didn't. They said that they were proud of me and that they thought it was a good score as well. We looked at the statistics for Ohio State, the chance of me getting in, and they let it be. 53% acceptance rate. So anything starting with a three is very, very good. Did you have, did we talk about this? Did you have any financial aid? 
Yes, I did. Okay, let's talk about that. So, because a lot of people want to know how can I, Ohio State, and I think you have a story too, because Ohio State does offer money. Mm-hmm. So was it because of your grades or talk to us about that? So I'm actually involved in a program at my school called the Moral Scholarship Program. And it's basically a very large group of kids on campus that promote diversity and inclusion. So you get basically put in all these group me's, split up into groups, and you're involved with student government on campus to help with diversity and inclusion, but in any way. It's not necessarily with ethnicity, but it can be promoting diversity within the STEM field, promoting diversity with just anywhere in any type of form that you can on campus. And so for that, I actually wrote a separate essay. When you go through the Common App, it asks you, would you like to apply for the Moral Scholarship Program? And when I saw that, I like did some research on it, ended up writing my essay, and got an email, I think literally a month after I got into school, saying that I was accepted, which gave me a lot of financial aid. So what, as someone that might want to apply for it, what, how much financial aid are we looking at? I got, there's three different levels, I believe. Um, and I got the level that pays for full tuition. So they don't pay for room and board, but they do cover the tuition costs. Out-of-state tuition, that is. Yes. So if you're listening and if you're from Southern California or even any state outside of Ohio, yes. you can get out-of-state tuition, which if I'm not mistaken, it's probably about 25, 30 grand. Yes. Correct? Yeah. I think it's like 38, maybe. So not too shabby, Zoe. (laughs) But there are also other levels. So if you are from Ohio, you can get in-state tuition covered. And then there's another one called distinction where you can get your tuition plus room and board covered and you can live with other moral scholars in a special dorm. Did you go after any other scholarships coming out of Newport Harbor? Honestly, I did not. Obviously, we, or not obviously, I guess, but I had applied for a few other random scholarships here and there where you get an email, apply here for this scholarship. And at this point, I think graduating high school, you go for any money that you can get. College is expensive. And anything you can do to relieve that financial burden you see as a positive. So any email that I would get, prior to finding out what my scholarship money was, I would apply for. Kaya, coming out of modern day, and I think you have, because I've talked to your parents, obviously there's out-of-state tuition, but even when Julie got her acceptance letter from Ohio State, I think she was offered money too. Wasn't that the same situation? I was offered money. I'm not sure how much, but also for my first year, I think, I don't know where my mom heard it from, but... She called the Ohio State office and she said, if like Kaya goes all online, will she get in-state tuition? And they said yes. Mm-hmm. So for all of last year, I had in-state tuition for both semesters, which was very nice. And then obviously this semester, I don't get it. But it was really nice for the last Absolutely. year. Um, so yeah. So you had in-state tuition and some additional financial aid coming out of high school. So let's academically where did you stand out of modern day unweighted unweighted i think i was like three point i think the same 3.3 or 3.4 mate i think i'm not like exactly sure but it was between those (laughs) and did you do the act route or sat route i did the act so i got a tutor and then my first one i got a 28 and i didn't take it for a while after because i kept kind of like stalling 
And then I took it in July and I got a 29 and I was like, fine with that. I'm done. I was like, I'm done. I don't want to do it anymore. But then my mom kind of just was like, why not? Like, just try, just do it again. So I did it in September and I don't remember. I think I got like a 26. So I went down, but so <laughs> I was like, no, nope, I'm done. I'm done. And she's like, okay. And they were like both happy. They're also not from the States. So they don't really know anything about ACT or college or anything. So <laughs> yeah, I kinda... yeah. You know how many conversations I've had with Mr. and Ms. Pronger? Cause they're oh like, my God. Pronger, I'm like, I don't know about this stuff. What do you mean this ACT? What do you mean counselor, tutor? And actually that's a good segue because if I said, First, I'll start with Zoe. If there's any advice or recommendation to parents that are listening out there, what would it be as you're already going through a stressful time? So what would the advice be to parents? It's funny. I was literally just about to bring that up. I think that there's a difference between motivating your kids and pressuring your kids. And there's a very fine line. But these kids are talking to their friends and they're just as stressed about college as you are when you're hearing so-and-so got a 34 on their ACT. What did you get? What are you doing to prepare for college? How many times a week are you seeing your college counselor? How many times a week are you studying for this class? I think that when you're already hearing that at lunch and break and wherever over these group messages, coming home and hearing your parents get on you and say, like, you didn't study enough today for this. You didn't get that 35 on that ACT. What are you doing? Is definitely not what you wanted to hear. And I think that telling your kids to try their best and that you hope that they get into the college of their dreams is the best that you can do as a parent. That's great advice. Yeah, I agree, like 100%. I think obviously my parents, they just didn't really understand a lot of things. So I was kind of not on my own, but I just had to basically get all my friends, like just tell them, what am I, like, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> I was kind of on my own. But I think kind of the same as Zoe, but also just, I feel like parents talk a lot and parents just like they always talk and so it's kind of a weird competition of like whose kid has the best college counselor whose kids like best act so i would say just don't listen to that and just encourage your children and just know that they're equally as stressed as you probably are more i would say (laughs) i completely agree with that because you look at me and kaya's two different college paths and we both got to the same school we both got to the same place equally as happy but when the parents are all talking and comparing each kid's unique experience and trying to make them the same, it's just not going to work. Yeah. And I think they fail to recognize that sometimes. And my big advice is everything always works out. Yes. And the kid is going to end up where they're supposed to be, wherever they're fit, and just back off. So (laughs) that's interesting because you think Van is going through a different experience than you did. Van obviously being a senior now at Modern Day. Class yes. of 22. So Mr. and Ms. Pronger having more experience, do you think that's a different experience for him? I think so. I think I was like the kind of like, what's it called? The guinea pig? Like the test guinea pig? I was kind of like... The first like, pancake? Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's like, let's see how this one works out. And then with Van, we could perfect it. But um, so I had a college counselor and he's using my college counselor. And they kind of get it now, like a little bit. But... I think they're actually putting not more pressure on him, but I think it's like, look at like your sister, look what how like what she did. You have to do the same exact thing or better. It's kind of like a weird thing like right. that. Um, but I mean, I don't know, Van. I think I don't know if he knows where he wants to go yet, which I think is fine. But he's on the right path. He has really good grades, and my parents don't pressure him. I think they know he's super smart. They just want him to succeed, and they want him to just get to the best place where he 
will be the happiest. And you knew, Zoe, you wanted to go to the Ohio State. And Kaya, obviously, I remember because we were on that same trip mm-hmm. together. And Van kind of liked it. Yeah. But you, I remember the day after, you, you're like, I'm just not feeling it here. Yeah, I just, I think I really wanted to like it. And I did, it wasn't that I didn't like it. I just think some aspects I just knew weren't for me. But I think I was still trying to tell myself I would really like it, especially because I had one of my best friends right. there and she was a sophomore and loved it. So I was like, oh my God, if she loves it, I'm going to love it. Like, this would be so much fun. But I just kind of knew, like, I wouldn't necessarily, like, love it here. So what other colleges did you apply to? Because where I want to get at is you shouldn't have a number one. Although, Zoe, like, you knew you wanted to go to Ohio State, but I always kind of recommend have three to four stretch schools and, mm-hmm. you know, four to five moderate schools, maybe one to two fallbacks. What was your kind of plan? Um, I think I, I think I, my reach schools, I don't exactly remember what they were. I think I applied to like 12 schools. I'm pretty sure. And my counselor helped me with them. I think there were some that she was like, these are the ones you could get into and these are the ones you might not. Like it's a, like a reach school, I would say. Right. I think I had four reach schools and then the rest were either like backup or in my target zone. Zoe. For me, I definitely regret not applying to as many schools, even though I did end up where I wanted to be. It does run through my head sometimes. Like what if I didn't get into Ohio State? What would I have done? Right. Because... I actually didn't have a college counselor. I had someone who went through and reviewed my final applications, but they didn't help me pick through schools, pick through stuff. My, uh, what's it called? I had a recruiting advisor for lacrosse who helped me do that, but not every school that was on my radar had a lacrosse team. And so I think I failed to recognize certain schools that I would have actually liked, like Wisconsin, Indiana, some of the other Big Ten schools. Mm -hmm. I just completely took off my radar because they didn't have a sport. And I, if I didn't get into Ohio State, I would have ended up at either Alabama or Ole Miss because I knew I wanted to go to the South and both of those schools had really appealed to me. But I could have applied to Georgia and like I said earlier, some of the other Big Ten schools and I definitely regret not doing that. So if you had to do it all over again, what advice would you give to a student out there? I think that you really need to consider all of your options. You don't need to go to the schools that are just trendy because your friends are applying there. And you don't have to know someone who's at the school that you're going to. You know, it's it might seem scary and intimidating, but you're going to figure it out. And in college, there's always someone else going through the exact same things that you are. And I think that with their help, it's really easy to find your balance. And Kaya? If you had to go through it all over again, what would you do differently? I think I would have just researched more schools and like what I wanted. Like if I just wrote down what I wanted and kind of looked at schools that had that. Because I definitely think with like Zoe that there was definitely way more schools out there that appealed to me. But I just didn't even think of them until after. And I was like, oh my God, like what about these two schools? So definitely just you don't have to know exactly what you want and where you want to go. But have someone of an idea or just write down like what you want in a school and go from there because that makes it a lot easier and I like I did not even know really what I like I knew I wanted the big things I wanted but none of like the smaller little aspects that you don't really think of 
that can make your experience either so much better or so much worse, I would say. So kind of the same as Zoe, just like looking more into like what else I could have like wanted in a way. I mean, obviously I'm so happy at Ohio State, but it's kind of like weird to think like, oh my God. I could have ended what up here. I could have yeah. ended up here. Well, know? and it's funny because Julia visited you mm-hmm. and she had a great time. And I said, would you ever go there? She's like, no. She's like, I'm, I'm very happy where I am. But she loved visiting you. Yeah, they're very similar schools too, she said. But she was like, I still absolutely love Wisconsin, which everyone finds their happy place and loves it, which the, is amazing. It all works out. So as we head into the fall year, and well, not the fall year, fall school year for class of 22 for the seniors that are applying, they've already started applying August 1st, right? Mm-hmm. And we kind of talked about it because September, October, November, that's all the pressure. And we're going to hear two perspectives because you're at Newport Harbor and you were at Modern Day. Was there a lot of pressure? Because I hear every guest on it, they said yes, like all our friends. It, wherever you'd go, parents would be, I stopped asking. Like now I, I, I didn't even ask. And now I learned that when Joshua is a senior, I'm not even going to ask his friends because they have enough pressure. <laughs> it's like, where do you want to go? Like, you know, so what, what advice would you have to the students that are, are going through that process? I think that you just need to focus on yourself and not compare where you are with your applications to your friends, like status with their applications. Because some of my friends had their applications all done the day they came out and sat there, didn't leave their room for five days, finished every single one, and then told everyone that they were done. And I was like, oh my gosh, well, I'm not done. Like, should I be done? Is that an issue? Like, I have three more months. Like, I don't know what to do. And I think that everyone's going to find their own time when they're going to do their best work and when they're going to be able to submit their own application, which definitely should be your own priority and not making a comparison with others. Because in the end... The application is important, yes, but also so is not comparing yourself. And I don't think that submitting it the first day it comes out versus a week later is going to make or break your chances of getting into a school as long as it's in before the deadline. Right. Yeah. I think definitely just, I mean, obviously you can ask your friends how it's going, but also I think I just made it so much, like the pressure was just so much on, especially like everyone says junior year is the hardest, but your first like semester of senior year is hard. Like I remember you, you still have to take hard classes and plus doing all your applications on top of that is very stressful. So I would say you need to find like a balance or like have somewhat of like a planner. Like I'm going to do my essay on this day and then my homework on this day. Like somehow plan it out. And also you don't need to like get it done as soon as it comes out. Like you have time. Um, but just uh, don't wait till the last minute because I kind of did that with some of mine. I really regretted it because I was so stressed out, like crying while writing it. I was like, oh, my God, why did I do this? <laughs> but, yeah, definitely just, like, try and plan it out and don't compare yourself. And just try and find, like, the enjoyment in, in it. Like, oh, my God, I'm applying to this school. Like, I'm so excited I could end up here. Like, I want to make this such a good essay. Try and like, I guess, because I know sometimes... Be in the moment. Be in the moment. Yes, exactly. Like, get excited about it. Because it's such an exciting time. Obviously, the process can be not as exciting, but just try and find some excitement in it, in a way. Just think like, oh my God, I could end up at this school. And I don't know, but... Do you remember what you wrote your essay on? I wrote, I think, my... 
I wrote kind of a lot. I think I, like I wrote like six different essays. I did Common App and um, what's the one? Coalition. Yes. And there was like, and some schools is like the why essays, which is like why you want to go here, which was the one that I was really interesting. So you really have to find information on the school, like <laughs> really look into it. But it's that one was a little more stressful. I think I wrote my Common App one on my epilepsy. And then I, but I wrote like a different kind of perspective on that. Then I think I wrote another one on visiting my Nana's home in Portugal. Like when we went to her island mm-hmm. and we like visited that, I wrote one on that. And then I don't remember the other ones, but those were like the two that stuck out in my head. Zoe, do you remember what you wrote? Yes, I actually do. So mine, at first it's going to sound like the same essay that everyone wrote, but it truly wasn't. I used to go build houses in Mexico, and obviously that's the one thing you're not supposed to write about. They say, don't write about the mission trip. But I told myself, I was like, no, I'm going to put a twist on this. Because I, one of the main things that I had focused on throughout high school was Spanish. And my senior year, I actually took international baccalaureate Spanish and was able to get really, really good at the language. So when we would go down there, Instead of being one of the people who would build the house, I was one of the people who would walk around and talk to the community members. And I remember this one time I talked to this lady and I was actually by my, or I wasn't by myself, I was by myself and with my friend who didn't speak Spanish. And she told us the story about how she had stomach cancer but didn't have the money to receive medical care. And her husband actually only had one leg and he would wheelchair an hour and a half on the side of the highway every single day to work so he could make money to try and get her medical care as they're living in this community, Hero Soles, down in Mexico, which was like a super, super poor community. Obviously, we were building houses for people there. And I just did it. I wrote about that and how, one, it was like I was able to experience someone's life by knowing a different language and how it was such a unique experience because if I didn't understand that and I didn't know that, I would never know that person's story and never be able to understand how many burdens they face in their life. Do you think that helped you? I mean, I would like to tell myself it did, but I have no way of really knowing. Right. So, and the reason why I asked that, and I talked to a lot of the guests and we talk about the essays and trying to be like what, impact you're going to have on that university or or what difference you're going to make on that campus rather than the mission project or the winning mm-hmm. goal mm-hmm. right uh what if you had to do it all over again or, or the advice that you give the students what advice would you give them on the essays i would say that you just need to be really genuine like for me the reason why i told that story wasn't because i was telling it because i was on a mission trip but it was something that had resonated with me Cause I think that happened my junior year and I was writing like beginning of my junior year and I was writing this almost a year later and it still was something that I thought about a lot. And I think that when you're writing something that is always in your head or that means a lot to you, it's not only a lot easier to write about it, but the feelings that you're trying to convey will come a lot, come across a lot clearer to whoever's reading your essay in that office. And you'll stand out more compared to the kids who are trying to make a metaphor of climbing a mountain and getting into their favorite college. Right, right. Separate yourself. Well, and, and if, you've, if you heard some of the past episodes, like Austin talking about how he goes, I think I got into UCLA because my tragedy, right? Or his guests, the, the tragedy, like her mom died, like walking in a crosswalk. So the, just different stories that can kind of separate yourself. 
Um, I want to hit on one thing academically because I remember on our other Ohio State uh, podcast, teacher aides, office hours. During last year, during COVID, were you able to take advantage of that? Because in a big university, big campus, I hear it's highly recommended to take advantage of the teacher aides and the office hours. Yeah, I did. I think for my, one of my um, like English classes, I would do office hours for, and I would just go like whenever I needed help, but it was really nice because a teacher I had really like wanted to talk to each individual student. Like they took time to talk to each one, which I thought was really helpful. I didn't go to all of them because also I did have classes when some people would do their office hours, so I couldn't go. But I think the one I went to, I really liked the way that, that she did it. I guess I know it's different for every teacher, but I like the way she did it. Z? Um, I think that at all of my classes, and I don't know if you could relate to, relate to this, Kaya, but they are constantly reminding you of when office hours are, yes. when the TAs yes. are available and everything. And I mean, in every, we have like our lecture halls and then we have recitation after lecture halls, different days, which is a small chunk of your, it's probably like 30 to 50 kids in every recitation class. And it's basically going over what happened in the lecture and almost reteaching it. And so you can set up a meeting with one of them, or you can just go to office hours. You can also email your lecture directly. Like there were so many different opportunities to do it that you almost couldn't not use it. And there was free tutoring for certain subjects. I know the scholarship program that I'm off or that I'm in offered more free tutoring. So it was really easy to get help if you wanted it. Definitely. Like you could, all you had to do was send an email and it would either get redirected to someone who could help you or they would say, perfect. What time do you want to meet on zoom? Obviously it was different with COVID. So if you get a bad grade, that's user error. Yes. And no, because I think that sometimes you can get help on assignments. You can get help on essays. You can try and understand the material as much as you can. But in the end, the grade, your grade might not be a reflection of how well you understood the class or how well you understood the curriculum. Do you guys ever see each other on campus? Yes. Yeah. By walking or hanging, walking by, hanging out, or because you're North Campus, you're South Campus, and we'll talk about where you're living this year, and we'll go into the sorority and rushes. <laughs> right by but, each other oh. <laughs> around the corner. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I would see you either, like, I don't know. I've seen you a couple times on High Street. Like, you were walking this way. I was walking <laughs> this way. I'd see you in the Union, the I Union think. The Union a lot. Uh, yeah, I, like. I saw her in the Union a lot. It's kind of crazy how often I would see you. Like, see everyone was, that we know. Oh, my God. Since there's so many people, you would think that you wouldn't see like your friends, but you, I would see them all the time. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things where big campus intimidates a lot of people and they're like, oh my gosh, how do you go to school with 60,000 other kids? And I'm like, you don't realize when you're on campus and you're in these classes, going out on the weekends, whatever it is you're doing, you're seeing not the same people, but you're seeing similar faces all of the time. Mm -hmm. And if you want like... I, I see Kaya all the time and I'm not necessarily like planning on seeing her, but I'm like, it's so awesome because that's what gives it that like smaller school feel. But at the same time, you're at a big school. Yeah. like If I that makes like, sense. I don't yeah. know how to explain no, it. No, yeah. But. I feel like when I'm on campus, it like doesn't feel as, that the school doesn't feel as big as it seems. Like walking mm -hmm. around, it doesn't really seem like there's 60,000 people there. Definitely. Like it seems so much smaller in a you, weird way. You can always make a big campus small, yeah. but you can't make a small campus big. So you Correct. have your 
communities. I mean, there's 60,000 yes students, but do you know the percentage that's part of Greek life? What a great transition. Oh, wait. We looked this up the other day. I remember because <laughs> we were talking about it. Okay. Oh, gosh. What was it? Doo-doo. Wasn't it like 45%? Too high. Oh, oh. 20? I, th- I thought it ended in a five. It's 20? about 15, 20%. Oh, that's, I knew it ended that, in a and, five. And that's the number with almost every university. So if you have 60%, you're looking probably like maybe 8,000. Uh, There's Greek, a lot of people. Mm-hmm. In Greek life. Mm-hmm. So, and that's your own little community. You have the student athletes, you have just dorm people, and you know, but that's, you're going to see a lot of those people all the time. But also, it's, sorry, just a little side note. There's a lot of people that I hang out with on a regular basis or have classes with, study with, et cetera that are not in Greek life at Ohio State, mm-hmm. but are a part of the Greek life community, which might sound weird on first like note, but there's people that are just decided not to rush, decided that was not what they wanted, but they're still doing all of the same things. They're still hanging out with the hanging same out. people. And I think that's because the Greek life community at Ohio State is very welcoming and is like not exclusive. It's not like some of the things you'll see down in the South where it's a competition. Like everyone, all of the... Girls. It's Midwest. Yeah, all of the sororities like love each other and mm-hmm. all of the fraternities I would say are the same and they'll pair with each other and do certain things and all of our sororities are friends. Obviously me and Kai are in different sororities but we all still hang out. We all still do the same things and so I think that's something that gives it a little bit of a twist because it's not just that 15 to 20% that are in Greek life that right. you're seeing all the time or that are in your community as you said but there's probably another big chunk of people that are also with us and that we're running the same circles with. And Kaya, aren't you living in North Campus in the dorms again this year? Yeah. So with non sorority groups. Yes. So I'm living with three of my close friends who aren't in sororities, which I'm excited for. I mean, I do wish a little I was in the house because that would be just so much fun. But I think you can have e- like equally as much fun as someone in Greek life because I think a lot of others, not a lot, but some schools, it's if you want to have fun and like go out, you have to be in Greek life. But that's like not at Ohio State at all. Like, you can go out and still have just as much fun as anyone in a sorority or fraternity. Right. Which I like, because I feel like that makes it a lot more open. Less pressure, for sure. Exactly. Like, so much less pressure. I think Rush was so easy and, like, easygoing. It was a little stressful at first with that, what was it? This virtual thing. What was that Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I don't... The the avatar thing. The avatar. I don't know know why we did that. That was awful. That was a little awful. (laughs) Are you having online rush again this year? We don't know. We rush second semester. So yeah. we don't have anything set in stone yet. We're even, we're just trying to pick out like themes for the most part right now. I don't think we even have a grasp of what to expect. It's been such a crazy what almost now 2 years that we don't we don't want to plan something for the next 6 months when we don't even know what it's going to be like in the next 6 weeks. Are you happy that your sorority rushed Spring semester, not fall? Yes. Yes. I really liked it. <laughs> okay, why, Kaya? I just think um, it was a lot less pressure, and you got to know so many more people, I think. Because I think like when you rush first semester, you have your friends and your sorority. But I think when you rush second semester, you meet so many people in the first four months that you still have those friendships, even in when you're in a sorority, which I really liked. Because I think that... It, I don't know, like, again, it makes more open, but it just, again, a lot less pressure in a way. And it just makes Rush kind of like, yeah, like, I don't know, we'll see how it goes. Like, it isn't a, 
Like you have to do it to make friends. Just and natural. Going, yeah, yes. it's just natural. I think going along with that too, it's not all based on rankings like it is at some schools yes. where you're, I heard this is the top house, so hopefully I get in there. It's like, no, I've been hanging out with this sororities girls like on accident, like the older girls that I'm meeting when I'm out or when I'm in classes and I really like them. So that's how I know that I think that I'm going to want to go there. Not because I looked it up on Greek rank and I think that since it's one, two or three, that's my place. It's your fit where you mm-hmm. fit in. Mm-hmm. So what house are you? I'm Pi Phi. Delta Gamma. DG Pi Phi. So how was just high level virtual rush? It was, I, I th- it wasn't bad. I don't think we had a, like um, an avatar type situation. I don't remember what it was called. That went south really quickly. That was, uh, First I think hour. everyone knew that was not going to work. But basically, I think almost every school when they did online rush was Zoom. Mm-hmm. But I, we didn't have that. We had this like, it was kind of like a game in a way where like 2,000 people were on this website where there's avatars. So like you're an avatar and you are in a group, like a rush group. And then you, that's how you go to each place. Obviously, like when you think about it, you're like, that is not going to work. I think I already knew like th- there's well, no way this is going to work. It also became an issue because it was like you were in real life. So if someone's yeah. avatar walked, like say me and Kaya are having a conversation with our avatars. If someone walked too close to us, they could hear the conversation we were yeah. having through our avatars. And so girls got like dropped apparently the first day because people heard conversations of them saying like bad things and you could see their name on their avatar. And then it just, the whole program crashed. And and that, it yeah, went I think it was like Wi-Fi or there's too many people on. And I remember <laughs> it was like kind of, it was super stressful because I was like, oh my God, what I don't know where I'm going. Like my what if first, I like, first meeting. In? So I didn't even yes. get to talk to my girl and I was like, oh my gosh. I couldn't find my girl too uh, I've for the longest time. I've heard a crazy stories. No, like Zoom I, worked perfectly. Yeah, though. Zoom obviously was fine. It was so much easier. But I remember that first like, I think I, I don't even remember who I met first, but I was so stressed because it was only with each girl. What was it? Like five minutes. Yes. And I couldn't find my girl for like four of the minutes. So I literally was like, hi. She's and, like, hi. And that was it. And then the entire program just shut down. Like your screen yeah. just went black and you were like, okay, well, I guess we're not like, doing what? that anymore. <laughs> so for any females out there that are wanting to rush a sorority or moms out there listening, what advice would you give them? I think that you just need to feel who you're going to have the most genuine conversations with. And I know you hear that for every school. But I think it was especially evident this year because our all of our rounds until what what round is it where we actually showed our face? It wasn't until like the was it second and last yeah right? yeah second and last which I really liked we about didn't that too. which was a lot different than other rushes that were online we didn't show our faces on the cameras it was just you had a black screen you couldn't even have a picture of yourself it was just a black screen and you were just talking to this person so you weren't comparing looks you weren't comparing anything it was just conversation. And you would get to some houses and it'd be like, hi, what's your major? And you'd get to other houses and you'd be like, oh my gosh, my roommate just told me the funniest story about this and this and this. And I think that's what really sets it aside is you being able to open back up to them and like laugh with them Mm -hmm. and create almost a friendship over the phone or during rush. Just a natural. Yes. When it's natural and you can feel that you fit there, makes it a lot different. Yeah. And again, the pressure was really off too and it was just conversation because also you could tell who you clicked with more when you're talking to them and it's mm-hmm. just like a, just a conversation like I remember some houses would be like kind of painful and like oh my god yes. what else do I have to talk about <laughs> but for some it would be so easy I'm like oh my god that was 30 minutes yes. like how did that go by so you were fast? sad the phone call ended exactly and those are the ones you have a good yes. fit with exactly yes exactly also don't get discouraged 
Yes. I, I, had, <laughs> I had a really, really interesting rush experience. And I remember there was, it was the day before, or it was the day before bid day. Yes. And I was calling, cause I actually had suicide bid Delta Gamma. So if I didn't get a bid from DG, then I was not going to be in a sorority. I was going to have to do informal rush if they had any spots left. But that was because all the other sororities that I had felt I was comfortable with had dropped me philanthropy round or after philanthropy round. So before sisterhood. And I was left with um, DG, who is my top house, and then a bunch of other houses that I wasn't too sure about. And I remember that I was just so, so sad because I was like, you get in your head and you start thinking, why didn't they want me? Mm -hmm. What did I say wrong in this conversation? What did I do? And it's not always about that. Sometimes it's really a numbers game and they can only take this many girls and they loved you just as much they loved this girl. But this girl was from Cleveland and knew so-and-so and and her cousin is best friends with this person and then they get that bit over you. And which, grades do matter. Which yes, which oh, is yes, yes they do. <laughs> Didn't know that, yes. but they grades do, do matter. matter. And I think that there's just a lot of different factors that go into it that you need to not let yourself forget that it's not your fault and that you're doing a good job. Just keep being mm-hmm. yourself, and you're going to end up where you're supposed to be. Yeah, exactly. I think this because I remember I went into it. It was like the worst was the waiting game because after the there first weekend, <laughs> there was a full week until you find out who dropped you and who you got in that week I remember I was like oh my god like I just you want to know and then I remember when I got dropped by the like one of my stories that was like at my top and I remember I was so like I was sad but I was also like wait what did I do like what did I say what did I do and then nothing and then I think my roommate was like why like you did nothing wrong like you were maybe it's like it's not all you sometimes it's just something happened and it didn't work out but then obviously you find your place but Again, when she said, just don't get discouraged mm-hmm. and don't let other people, when talking about sorties, like kind of pressure you in a way. Like I'm like everywhere you heard, like went the first weekend, everyone was talking about it. Like, oh my god, I want this sortie, I want this sortie, I want this sortie. And I remember I was like, oh my god, I'm kind of scared or, now. Where'd you get dropped from? I oh saw my god, these. Yeah. Did you get dropped here? And you're like, I don't want to talk about it. Just don't talk. Yeah, about I remember. It. I heard that's some people were like, oh my god, like. Which one do you like? Which one do you like? Or like, which one did you get dropped from? And I was like, I don't really want to talk about it. After every night, you'd open your phone and I would like genuinely have 30 or 40 different girls texting me. What are your top three? What are you going to put? And I'm like, I don't know. I'd be like, oh, I don't know. I have to think about it. Yeah, so that's I, good yeah. advice. Because mm-hmm. yes. then I think don't talk about people want to know it. so it can influence them in a way like, oh my God, she wants this 40. Okay, I want this 40 now. Yeah. But it's kind of like, no, what do you want? Like, well, where do you think you can see yourself? Mm-hmm. And I think the just don't like just don't listen to other people too much. Like don't let other people influence you too much. You can still listen to what they're saying, but just don't let what they're doing influence what you can or will do. Or get in your head too much. Like yes. me and my roommate decided not to really talk about it after the first round. We First day we said like, oh, I like this house. Oh, I like this house. We thought they were cool. After that, we were kind of like, okay, we had all 18 houses today, but we can't really talk about it from there on out. But we could hear each other's conversations from being in the same room, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And we, after the whole thing, when we had gotten our bids, we're happy. We went back through and we looked at it. And one of the sororities that had dropped me had kept her until pref. And the day they dropped me, me and my roommate had told the same story and had the same person. 
And I had gone before her and done the same thing, but they dropped me that night and kept her. So I was like, it's truly not Mm -hmm. something you did. Sometimes it's just how it works out. And it is a numbers game. And it's almost like going through the same process of a college. Yes. Everything works out. Relax. Take a deep breath. And yeah, and also what I realized is they are probably just as, I guess, stressed as you they and scared talk as about you. That. <laughs> like I remember after they were like, I was so scared. And I feel like you don't realize like, that too. Like you've been there before. Yes. Well, it's like they want you to come to them. Like I feel like some people forget that. It's like they are equally as scared and stressed and are wondering what they should say as you are in a way, because they want like you are like they're trying to impress you they're, just yeah, as exactly. much as you're trying to impress them exactly i think sometimes people Everyone's forget that too each other. Mm-hmm. yes and i think some people forget that too i remember i forgot it and then i remember when they talked On about after day. yeah they're like oh I, my god they're like, i was so nervous i was like oh like i kind of <laughs> really, really? <laughs> i'm a freshman <laughs> like, yeah i was like why are you nervous, you nervous of me? <laughs> all right so last time i had jake and blocky on blake they kept on talking about these three bars <laughs> okay, let's see. I if, bet we could guess them. So I'm going to say three. Okay, in, in order. We're going to go l- like like just total call. The way they explained it, they said Midway was okay, just like. That was probably one. Yeah. The, the, like the college hangout. And then like yeah. if you want a little nicer, you go to Ethel's. Yeah. Okay. And then they said tuna. Oh, ugly tuna. But, well, it, because of Joe Burrow, who's now plays yeah. for the Bengals. But those were the three that they talked about. So I want to hear your perspective. What What are the top bars? Well, okay. Tuna has also kind of changed now because kids can't really go there anymore. And they, like kids, at least our age, can't go there anymore, which definitely makes it more difficult. They've gotten really strict. Okay. And I think it might have just been because it was COVID. It's a small bar. And it's kind of, it's on, have you ever been to Tuna? Yeah, it's yeah. not on the main street. It's not too. on High Street. It's off of one of the side streets, which I guess 4th is also, but yeah. it's different. It's way, it's just was too small with COVID, I think, because then you would walk in and there was only like seven tables. Got and it. so there was never that many kids in there. So I think for us, that was different. And Big Bar instead, yeah, well, Big Bar say. and Sky Bar are connected. And so during the summer, Sky Bar, I mean, you'll see you there oh my like gosh. every weekend. Yeah. Sky Bar is a rooftop bar on the High Street. Lines yeah. would be like an hour and a half long. Like you have to wait for them. And I remember that always had a line. Yes. Like, on, always had a line. On like game, at 5 p.m.? Uh, no, on no. game days at 6 a.m. There was a line at Big all the way down, like past the corner, down the street and wrapped around the corner. At 6 a.m. I was like, it doesn't even open until 8. So what's your top bar then? Midway. I, yeah, I would say my I did like um I liked Fourth Street. Karaoke. I love Fourth Street. <laughs> they had karaoke. That was like my go to, but I think I uh, yeah, midway. Yeah, and it, it is expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you say expensive, like what are we talking about? Oh, I don't even know. I don't look, but I just know it's more than the other ones. Well, I know. I think the other, I mean, when you're a college kid, you don't have that much money to spend. So you kind of look. <laughs> exactly. You kind of look for the pr- places that are really, really cheap. And I think. Madness. Where was it? Yes. Yeah. And then I think Big Bar had, pre- it was pretty good. Yes. So Big Bar and Sky Bar were pretty good. Two different things that I think appeal these kids to those two bars is that, well, one, Midway, Ethel, and Big are all basically connected because they're so close to each other. Right. And mm-hmm. Ethel and Midway actually are connected because they have like they share a parking lot. It's the same owner, and that's where they have they have huge block parties in the middle of that parking lot between the two bars. But 
Midway, I think it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. The first two hours they're open, it's dollar drinks, and it's called Madness. And that is when it's like 3 p.m. on a Thursday, and you look, and there's a line for Midway because mm-hmm. it's Madness. It's a dollar drinks, and kids love it, and they have fun there. And it's two stories, and everyone's outside on like the top balcony in the front, just walking around, especially when it's warm. Like mm-hmm. everyone is there having fun. And then on the other side at Sky Bar and then downstairs of Sky Bar is called Big Bar, but they're connected as well, is what they call Beat the Clock. And so what time does it start? Like four? Yeah. So at four? Three three or four. I think it depends on the day. The drinks will start at like $2 and then the next hour they go to $3 and the next hour they go to $4 and they go to $5. So you have to beat the clock. (laughs) Got it. (laughs) See, I didn't hear about this. See, I'm hearing new places. Well, I'm wondering if it was maybe new because of COVID just to implement, like, I guess, get more people to go. Late night munchies. Where's your favorite place? Where are we going? Oh my gosh. There's like nowhere that's open late. Yeah. I was just about to say that. No, Adriatico's was open until like 1.30, but it was far. Oh, Buckeye Donuts. But yeah, that's 24. Is or it 20, the, open 24 yeah, hours? Yeah, it's open 24 hours. And it's just legendary, a staple. I feel like you forget it's there because it's far. Or the little cart outside oh, the yeah. bars. <laughs> See, everyone talks about food f- food trucks and the carts and mm-hmm. late, late night. I also love Taco Bell, but that's like a little farther away. <laughs> and it was the line was always long. Oh, my God. It was always long. You'd go to, if you went to Taco Bell... By the time you walked there, waited in line, ordered your food, and got it, it was like an hour and a half expedition. At that point, you just wanted to go to bed. You were like, I don't even need the late night munchies anymore. I'm done. You wake up. You're hungover. Where are we going to breakfast? <laughs> oh, like as an on-campus place or like uh, on High Street? You, you wake up with your roommate. Where are you going? Sloopies? Yeah. yeah. There was, okay, I'm forgetting the name, but there was one place I used to go with my roommate. Oh, I forget the name, but was it, it was on so good. No, was it? it was like right off. It was. What's if I say a name? It's on the like corner. Hangover easy. Hangover easy just always had a line. Okay. That was the problem. And when I woke up, if I wanted to get food and I had a long night the night before, I wasn't gonna go wait for food. I was like, yeah. I'm either gonna order. I think Sloopy's is on campus, actually in the student union, and they have like a lot of different breakfast options. Or Bucket Donuts, again, they have, like, the bagel sandwiches that you can get. So you just so, walk over there. Or even Ethel breakfast isn't bad either. Oh, yeah. Ethel was good. They Ethel had good was really food. Good. I was very surprised. So Ethel, the bar that you said they said gave more of an adult vibe, has, like, also a full kitchen. And so if you get there at, like, 5 p.m., you can order really good food. Or Town Hall, too, actually. Town Hall is really good. So but it's just far. If you have a town car. Town Hall is so good. If you have a car, if you have a car Town Hall. Dang yeah. Easy. Hang up. And that's what that's what Balaki and, and, and Jake talked about. Probably because it was right next to their dorm the dorm that they lived in, which was okay. also next to my dorm. But I think that it was just because of COVID that anytime we would go to go there, it would be such a long line and Brugger's was next door. So I'm like, if I'm gonna wait in line for that, I'm just gonna go get Brugger's or I'm gonna not spend my money and go on campus. Sean and Marnie are in town. Where are you taking them? I mean, like for dinner yes. or, okay, so dinner, <laughs> my favorite dinner place is the Pearl. I, they have this Cuban sandwich that is so good. I get it every time I go there. It is so good. Or they have this grilled cheese. It's really good there. They just have really good food or, I mean, Forno. Everyone knows Forno. They have really good pasta though. Um, where else? Town Hall's so good. It's, they have so Town many. Town Hall, you can't go wrong at any time There's of the like a, so many varieties of food too, mm-hmm. like. 
the different I mean, it's insane like their menu is crazy but it's so good and Danimal and Leanne in town where are, you, where are they taking you so they actually did come to town and I do not regret where I took them I took them to um, Marcella's down on High Street which is more hey, short north that's what uh, Jake talked about yes he, they have honestly one of the best things on the menu is you can order a meatball as an appetizer and it comes in like this cast iron bowl thing and you just open it, and it's literally just a meatball. But it's really good. Um, like she said, Forno's another classic. But I think that, like, Forno's also somewhere that we would go, like, just with our friends. Yeah. Like, if you wanted to. Like, if you just wanted to not go out, or, I mean, I guess go out one night, but make it a dinner, you would go to Forno. And Town Hall again. If I think I took my parents to lunch and breakfast there. I think we went twice. Yeah, when I was moving out, my mom, it was right below our hotel, I think. We went almost every day. My mom loved Did you it. The graduate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then every college town has a graduate. Yeah. <laughs> and then there was a place across the street. It was like something grill. Oh, it started with an M. So I now think. you're making me hungry. <laughs> right. Obviously, student manager podcast. We're trying to get on Barstool Sports. What is our pitch, and why should I mean every university has right? We have Ohio State Barstool. And, and we're trying to get uh, a bigger platform so college students uh, and parents or high school students and parents can listen. Why should they take on the student manager? Oh, my God, on the spot. I know. Um, wow, really put us on the spot there, Fonger. I think that you really research the schools. Like, you know so much about every school. It's kind of crazy. Like, I think my dad... I remember he was telling me, he's like, if I ever need like a question or ever need a question about schools, you were the person he would go to. And I think that you, your questions are really just like straightforward, but in depth at the same time. Like we like in these, I would listen to these um, podcasts and you find out so much about the school and each individual experience. And I think that was like what really drew me to it. I think that the student manager podcast has a big focus on the student's perspective, which not a lot of other podcasts do, but while offering advice to parents. And I think that it's like promoted in a casual setting. So me and Kaya exactly right now are not afraid to give the true stories and to give the truth of what we're actually experiencing in college. And I think that it's that perspective that people want and people need, but they just don't get with anything else. Yes, I agree. Has this been fun? Yes. yes. This is You've fine. You've just been dying to come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been great having you girls on. Both of you are leaving, I think, Friday and... Same as Juju. Wednesday. 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 And wish you the best of luck. Second year in bus. Thank you. All right. Couldn't and, be more ready. And, I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> and for Fonger News and the Student Manager, we are... Out. Out. <laughs> <laughs>